Good morning, church family. Uh, it is a privilege to stand before you uh, in the shoes of Pastor Karabo. You were right, Wafni. Uh, uh, indeed, uh, Pastor Karabo is uh, today uh, sitting to listen to the word. Um, is I've been given this privilege to stand and, and share. Um, to this morning, we are going to learn from John chapter 9, uh, from verse 1 to 12. John chapter 9, from verse 1 to 12. If you are there, we will read together. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sand. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the man, the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened? They demanded. He replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man? They asked him. I don't know, he said. Uh, let us pray. Our mighty and heavenly Father, we thank you for your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We pray, O oh God, Lord, for faith comes by hearing and hearing your word. Your word is like fire shut up in our bones here. Your word is able to penetrate deep down into our hearts. Father, I pray, may you magnify your word. May you speak to us and help us, O oh God, meet us at our point of need. I pray, Lord, that you might help as I, I preach on this word, that, Lord, you might deliver me from saying things from a human viewpoint. But, Lord, I pray for clarity of speech and help me, O oh God, as I, I share your word. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of this word today uh, is Created for God's Glory. Created for God's Glory. That is what I want you to remember. Jesus is passing by. He sees a man blind from his birth. 
This man is not an attention seeker if you read very well. It is the master who spots him. His situation gives us uh, the lesson plan to be remembered even to this day. Let's understand that God, our Lord, never makes mistakes. He created this uh, wonderful blind person who became an evangelist. Uh, and uh, uh, from this experience that happened here, there's quite a lot that we might learn from him. The scholarly disciples, inquisitive in their nature, learning from the master, they ask a genuine question. What is the source of physical uh, disabilities? What is the source of suffering in people? And from their limited understanding, they proposed what they thought uh, was the problem. In, fa in fact, uh, it was their own human viewpoint they used there, and they qualified the problem at that time. And then they said, listen, uh, Lord, who sinned? this man or his parents when they when they saw him jesus spotted this man and then they asked the lord who sinned this man or his parents perhaps they had already figured in their minds that this guy was a sinful guy and probably he was paying for his sins through the blindness that he had the response of our master the response of our lord opens us into a glimpse of how our God operates. It is a very carefully thought response that our Lord gave. Let's read together how the Lord responds to this question. The Lord says, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. This is so touching. Here is a man who had struggled with blindness from, from his birth. He never saw the sun. He never saw the light. And yet the disciples, in asking the question, had already given him a sentence that either it was his parents, they had already started the blame game, who made this person to be like this. Let's understand that our God is sovereign and he rules by decree. I want you to understand that. God never makes mistakes. He's a God who is sovereign. He's a God who rules by decree. In other words, the Lord can do as he pleases. So our Lord answers this question to the disciples and says, no, what you are thinking is not right. What you are thinking is wrong. No one can be blamed for the condition that this man was going through. The condition that he had, it was solely God had decided that his glory might be seen. So, created for God's glory, what God does is perfect. What God does is correct. He chooses, he can do as he pleases. He is sovereign. So my first point I want to talk about is an assurance to Christian family, families, to Christian parents, to parents who may be nursing a disabled person in their home. I want this to come as an assurance uh, to parents, to mothers who may be going through a difficult, probably 
you may be asking yourself, why is my child like this? Why is my sibling like this? God, our mighty God, is sovereign. He is God who reigns. He is God who reigns through decree. I may not be very qualified to talk about this subject because it is a very touching subject. And probably I've not gone through the kind of experience, the kind of challenges that mothers may be facing, that parents may be facing bringing up a disabled uh, child in their home. But one thing is certain, that very child radiates God's glory is created in God God has that child in his mind he indeed uh, is special and if you may be going through this experience take it uh, uh, knowing that God has placed that uh, responsibility in your hands I want you to refer you to uh, a very important chapter that is written by uh, uh, the psalmist, Psalms chapter 139, and read a little bit about what God says there. Psalms 139, verse 15, going down. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. It is God who makes people in the secret place. Let me say we value the sanctity of life. We value life. Life is precious. And life is not an accident. So before God, before God, you are precious. Before God, you are indeed uh, 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 created for his, for his glory. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. This is what the psalmist says. In other words, God being sovereign, you are not a mistake. God never makes mistakes. When God blesses you with a disabled child, he never makes mistakes. It is God who has allowed it to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. So when a child is placed in your hands, he is special. Never mind the deformity that might be there. Never mind the disability that might be there. Never mind the level of intelligence that child might be compared to others. It is God who has placed him under your care. You have a responsibility to take care of him. You are a steward of what God has placed in your hands. I'm drawing you back from this blind man because it was a question posed by the disciples uh, to our Lord Jesus Christ that who was responsible for this serious situation that was uh, being faced by this blind person we read about in this chapter. Let us not abandon what God has entrusted into our hands. Physical deformity, disability, and other challenges do not make others less of human beings. We must know that uh, when this happens, we must take it 
and say, Lord, thank you for entrusting this into my hands. I know uh, I may be speaking from a position of one who has not experienced it, but learning from this chapter, it actually teaches us that God cares. God cares for uh, everyone, a human being that happens to be born on this planet. Isaiah 46, from verse 8 to 11, emphasizes that God is sovereign. He is the ultimate decider of what happens to us all. A very important scripture that we find in Isaiah 46, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. That's why I repeat the saying that our God is sovereign. He is our God who reigns. He reigns by decree. He does as he pleases. So we are to take confidence and to know that he does as he pleases. He is sovereign. What I have planned, that will I do. That is what Isaiah 46 says. What I have planned, that will I do. Our God is sovereign. God never makes mistakes. Learn from other people we learn in the Word, in, 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 as we open the Word of God. We learn Moses. He had speech difficulties. He was not articulate in speech and he had to be helped by his brother Aaron. He couldn't talk. He had to be supported uh, by, by Aaron. So if you go again in the Bible, we read of Mephibosheth. That was Jonathan's son. He was disabled, but David asked, is there anyone in the household of Saul for the sake of Jonathan that I can do show love? And Mephibosheth was a disabled guy. He was crippled at the age of around two when he fell. And that young man, until the death, his death, he was sitting and eating with David at the king's table. So scripture helps us to understand that people are special before God. People have been created for God's glory. It is God's decision. Sometimes if a person has got a physical uh, uh, disability or deformity. One of our great evangelists, Paul himself, he had problems with eyes. His eyesight was not all that good. At one point in time, he couldn't see well and he couldn't uh, 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 write well because he could not see. Paul, yet uh, he, he, the Lord uh, he had a special plan with him. So you can see that uh, God doesn't deal with us according to our deformities or according to our disabilities. Paul remained positive even as he went through uh, his, his, his uh, physical uh, problem. So this is an assurance to those amongst us who may have been entrusted by the Lord to take care of somebody with disability. The Lord teaches us that that person is important and that person is worth all the attention. I'm so grateful for this chapter that we are reading. It is a very nice comedy written by uh, Apostle John, chapter 9. When you read it, 
uh, it is very interesting because it begins with a a, 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 a blind man uh, who ends up teaching the Pharisees uh, and, 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 and delivering uh, great uh, truths to and confounding the, 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 the these Pharisees. The mother, the parents of this blind man did their part very well. In this chapter, they also come to, they are put in a corner and asked to prove whether their son was really blind. And they actually said to the Pharisees, listen, our son, we have raised him up until now. He is now of age. Ask him. He can talk for himself. In other words, those parents, they did their part. They took care of this blind, their blind son. If they had abandoned him, we may not have been today learning from this story. So in other words, if God places this kind of responsibility on you, take it and know that God is sovereign. He's God who has decided that you are able to take that kind of challenge. So this is what first I want to say to assure the parents who may be going through this kind of a challenge. Number two, I want to, you to know that you are created in God for, for God's glory. And yet, sin can corrupt what God has created. Sin can corrupt what God has, uh, has created. The thing is, when they came to ask him, the disciples, when they said, Lord, who sinned? Is it this man or his parents? Then the Lord said, no, it's not him, it's not his sin, nor his parents' sin, but that the work of God might be displayed in him. So by implication, we know that sin can indeed bring uh, a, a, a lot of problems in our lives. It's sin can bring in your life physical discomfort. Sin of an individual can cause physical discomfort. This is very clear. If we read again John chapter 5, verse 14, there is a man there who has been healed by the Lord. And what does the Lord say? He says, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. So we can infer very confidently and know that if you live a life of sin, something can happen to you and you can corrupt what God has created, the good that God has created you for. So sin, let's know that a life of sin can corrupt God's glory in you. We also know that parental sin can cause generational curse. Parental sin, as sins committed by parents, they can affect the children. This is what is taught in Exodus 20 verse 5, when God says, I am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of their fathers. In other words, you can ruin your offspring by the sin that you commit. So God is teaching us that, yes, we must walk and be aware of the way we walk because it has got disastrous. 
You can there there are many many uh, 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 examples that you can read in the in the in the web where we find out that the the children were affected by the sins of their father. If you look at King David, for instance, his sin that is nicely recorded in the word, it had several, it affected his children to the point that there was death in the family, children killing each other because of the sin that he had committed. In other words, sin can indeed affect our offspring. The Lord says he is a God who punishes the sin of the fathers to the third and the fourth generation of all those who hate him. If you looked at uh, uh, the, the issues uh, of Israel, where, where Samuel had to take, ask, where is, uh, where, where is Agag when Saul had been sent to, to destroy? And when, when uh, uh, Saul presents Agag, and saying that uh, I've, I've brought him alive, but I've, and all these other things, Samuel had to take and uh, that weapon and uh, chop down Agag. It was in, in, to eliminate uh, the, the, that 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 sin from 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 continu continuing. So, in in the Bible, we we see from the shadow point of view that uh, sin had to be dealt with so that it cannot continue to have its effects to the next generations. In other words, the sin that parents can, can commit, it can have disastrous results to the, to, to, to the children. So God says we need to repent of that sin. We need to repent of, uh, of that sin so that it cannot continue to corrupt what God has created. God's work is perfect. Sin corrupts that which God has set apart. We realize every fortnight uh, 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 after, after, I mean, the second uh, uh, Sunday of every, of, every, of, of every month, we come together and celebrate the Lord's table. In 1 Corinthians 11, verse 28 to 30, it says, the reason some of you are weakly and sick is because you take the, the, the Lord's table in vain. You disregard and you are dishonoring the Lord because of sin. So in other words, sin can actually bring sickness in a person. Sin can actually uh, uh, be the cause for the general weakness. In other words, sin can corrupt the glory that God has for you. Sin can bring uh, uh, one uh, into sickness as, as seen through the prophet Elisha when Gehaz, his servant, went back to Elisha and said, no, Naman, give me a bit of the, the wealth that you are going back with to Syria. Just bring, give me back the, uh, my, my, my master has had some second thoughts, if you remember that story that I'm trying to narrate here. And what happens? The leprosy that was for, that we had come from, from Naman, ended up on Gaius, that seven. 
you can see the effects of sin. Sin can actually bring sickness into your body. And in that way, dishonoring what God has made perfect. Ananias and Sapphira, we know them, they died instantly because of sin that was in them. So you can see that what God created is perfect. What God has created for his glory can end up corrupted because of sin. The good news is that Christ came down to take away our sin and restore us to glory. If we go back a bit in this story that I've been uh, reading, we understand that uh, uh, you have to go back home and read this uh, part of Scripture, John chapter 9, you will thoroughly enjoy it. That story ends up with a miracle that God did. And the miracle was to establish more uh, and to bring glory uh, to God. And this man, who was blind, but now healed, when the Pharisees came looking for, for him, he became a witness. Chapter 9, verse 9, and he says, I am the man you are looking for. Him, for. I was indeed blind. I was born blind. But now I see a man they called Jesus. He did this to me. He narrated how it all happened. And he even uh, uh, confounded those guys when they were putting him in a corner. And said, do you also want to be his disciples? And the Pharisee says, no, 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 no. We are not, uh, we don't want to be these guys' disciples. We are disciples of Moses. And he even uh, uh, challenges them that, now, if you don't want to believe in this man, what I know is uh, this man, uh, when I met him, I was blind, but he did something to me that is so special that I now see. One thing that I know, I was blind, but now I see. That's what he says in verse 25. And in so doing, he even brought more glory to the Lord. He became an evangelist, an instant evangelist. This guy became an instant evangelist and spread the word very well, confounded the Pharisees until they had to cast him out. They had to throw him out, that go away. You can't teach us anything. We, are, we have Moses as our, 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 our master. Let me say, I've talked about the issue of sin, corrupting what God has made. There's something, again, in an, uh, which is recorded in one passage in, in Scripture, where our Lord himself, he asks the question, in Luke chapter 13, verse 1 to 5, he asks the question, do you think those guys, the Galileans, Galileans who were murdered by Pilate and their blood was taken and mixed with, for, for sacrifices and then the Lord asked the question do you think those guys were the worst sinners in Galilee do you think they were the worst sinners in the world or those 18 people where the tower of Siloam fell on them do you think those guys were the worst of all sinners that's the question again the Lord uh, asked the, 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 the audience that were listening there. But the answer, the answer is what we must learn from. 
the Lord's answer, he says, no, they were not the worst of all sinners. But he then says, unless you repent, you too will perish. In other words, the Lord dissociated himself from answering the question about who, who was uh, the, the worst sinners, who, who was more sinful. These people were thinking about others' condition and not about their condition. And what did the Lord say? The Lord referred them to their condition that you are at risk of a waste of punishment. You must attend to your situation. Your situation is sin. And God wants to restore you to his glory. And the only way to be restored to God's glory is through repentance. You need to repent of your sins. That was the message. The message which is far more important than anything else is the relationship with Christ. The relationship with Christ comes through confession of sin, accepting the Lord as your Savior. So this is what is emphasized by the Lord when he told them about this situation, that the worst sinner is yourself and you need to get it right with the Lord. The only way to get it right with the Lord is through acceptance of what God has provided. That way, God can restore you back to glory. What should be our response to this message? I think I've put the emphasis that was needed, that if you are a mother, if you are a parent, going through a situation where you are raising someone who is a, a, a challenged, it could be mentally challenged, physically, God has placed that responsibility in your hands. And we have tried to make it clear that God is sovereign. He is God who rules through decree. He is God who created that person. That person, God never makes mistakes. And it's not a mistake that you find yourself in that position. What we must do is to appreciate and pray for grace to pull through that situation. For us, who may be in the Lord, Christians who have been going, let us learn from this blind fellow. He leads us by example. He testifies honestly about his Lord. The words, one thing I know, one thing I do know. I was blind, but now I see. Verse 25. I'm sure it is these words uh, that uh, challenged John Newton to write Amazing Grace. One thing I do know. I was blind, but now I see. He was insulted and labeled. You are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. But this guy went on. He even asked them, do you also want to be his disciples? So this young man, who is now seeing, leads us by example. And our wonderful Lord, when he learned that this young man has been thrown out, he followed up on him. Jesus followed up on him, and 
he had a word with him and completed his conversion experience. The Lord spoke to him, do you believe in Jesus? And then he asked, who is this that I may believe? In other words, we should learn from this blind man's example. His physical condition before he met the Lord, it was to the glory of the Lord. His physical condition after he met the Lord, superb, it became, he, he was restored to complete uh, uh, glory. So you are made for God's glory and we must continue to uh, be committed disciples of the cross as we learn from this young man. God does not consider your physical makeup, but treasures the spirit in you. Make right with the, with the Lord while you have today. If you haven't made it right, this is your time to make it right. You have been created for God's glory. When God looks at you, he sees a wonderful part of his uh, creation. And if you are not yet restored to that, it is your opportunity while it is still today, while we still have the time, make it right with the Lord and the Lord will restore you to his glory. May the Lord help us and as we meditate on this part of the scripture. Let us pray. Father, we come back before you with thanksgiving in our hearts. We thank your God for you have made us for glory. Please, Lord, help us realize this. Help us, O oh God, shun a life of sin. We know, O oh God, Lord, if we sin against you, sin has its repercussions, but we thank you for Christ our Lord. In Christ our Lord, we have overcome. And thank you, God, for the sacrifice that uh, Christ our Lord did and now that we are now acceptable in your sight, not because of what we have done, but because of what our Lord did for us. May you help us remember this word. Oh God, thank you, Father, for your sovereign and you never make mistakes. We have accepted and thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.